BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Another hits jam from Rap Load at its top. Yeah. Splash my wine dripping, two birds in a pot, synchronized swimming. I'm a nice James graphic many projects, and he just released his new one, Oracle 3. Comes out today, March 6. It's an incredible album uh, with some features and great production. And welcome to Library to Monica. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Glad you enjoyed it. I like to start from the beginning of uh, a lot of this podcast is really about, I always tell this, but like in 1992. So I'm 40. So in 1992, Self Destruction mm. came out, and I know that album by heart. And my teacher, for some reason, let me present it to the class. I don't know what I presented. It was a cassette tape. <laughs> it was poorly written on. But I always like it's always the state of mind. Like what was happening? Like why was Self Destruction important at that time as an 11 year old kid? Uh, so where were you? Like what? What are your beginnings? I mean, what like what was your first, I guess, interaction with rap music and hip hop culture, and kind of what drew you to it? I think um, I was always a creative. I used to like draw. That's where the name graph even comes from. Like graphics, graphic yeah. artists, tags, spray paint, drawing stuff. I was always into this art in general. And I think expressing it through music came when I heard Elmatic. I was always into the rap. I was dancing and shit, hip-hop dancing <laughs> when I was a kid, junior high school and all that. But... Nas for me when I first heard it it was so dope I didn't even get it I was like oh this shit is I, I told it I missed it I was young and then when I finally understood it he was the first rapper that I realized hey he's describing the shit that's going on outside of his window right, nice, yeah. I see the same shit in my head when I look outside that's what I see mm-hmm. he made me want to start rapping and talking about it and using big ass words and shit so <laughs> on my first rap feel like some of the words you have to look up now like what are you talking about <laughs> But I started to talk about what I was seeing outside of my window based on Elmatic. Like, to me, Elmatic at that age, it sounded like he was literally looking out his window and just writing what he's seeing. And it just, it just turned the light bulb on in my head. I, I, prior to this interview, I obviously went back to listen to your older stuff and as much as I could. Uh, and, of course, listen to Autograph. And um, the, the track, uh, Cold and Heartless, really stood out to me because mm. what you do is that you talk about, like, after your father passing away, how you start masking your feelings. Right. And you're, but you're in a art form where you, and you don't. You, you know, you are sharing your story with us all. Right. Um, 
what, how, how does that how does that work for you? I mean, in terms of like, what part of your feelings were you masking as, you, and were you continuing to write, or you know, or were you that writing that therapy for you that you needed? What's crazy is like, I always think I'm crazy, but then nobody's fucking normal, so everybody's crazy <laughs> real for real. But I still have that issue now, masking feelings poor communication not dealing with certain she's my father's death i still live in his grave i need to go there and just deal with the shit my own way but the music for me is therapeutic a lot of the shit you hear in the music i've never said in conversation mm. so even my friends my mom this shit they don't know how i feel about listening to songs but like, we don't know he doesn't talk so listen to his music to know right. how he feels about some shit because i just don't express a lot of things it's not healthy right. you know what i'm saying but the music is like definitely therapeutic mm. definitely like uh if you listen to um, there's a skit on on uh, Painkillers Reloaded. Okay. You hear my mother actually talking. That was a real conversation because I never spoke about my father's death. So I I, I, I think I said something to her to spark the conversation. And I pressed record, right. and she was de- she was definitely saying like, "Yo, you never talk about it. I only know how you feel about the death and certain things through your music." And I was like, "I don't know. I mean." It's not healthy, but that's right. just, that for me. That's my medicine word. But it, I imagine it's also it's a it's an accurate depiction of your feelings. Actually, you know, it's not like you're kind of you're not quote unquote making like fantasize. You know, about not at all. it's actually legit feelings that you're going through. You know what's crazy? It is an accurate depiction of my feelings, and it's like a it's my feelings in a time capsule as well. Because when I listen back, I'm like, damn, I sound angry. Right. Like I describe the murder and certain things so harshly so vivid but it's so harsh I'm like I was an angry kid you know what I'm saying that's right. why like somebody the other day was like yo do damage is done too I said I couldn't because I'm not as angry oh interesting oh, I'm wow. older I'm grown and I accepted a lot more and I think I was just mad at the way my pops died of course and mm-hmm. the fact that he wasn't there for me and he was coming back into my life at that age right and oh. then my neighbor murdered him and I was across the street to see this shit holy shit wow and my brain still haven't processed it to this day like to this day I don't remember anything that happened that week. My only recollection of what happened after he got murdered was what people told me happened. My, my mother says happened. My mm. girlfriend at the time says happened. I don't remember shit. They told me that after that happened, I went to school the next day like it was nothing. Just went out. And teachers yeah. were like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I was, like, right, right. I was like, yo, this kid is not dealing with this shit. Right, right, yeah. It just didn't register. I don't remember. Like, your brain is, is a very interesting tool. It literally blocked out the whole occurrence. Like, to me, I... Even to this day, I feel like I just saw a picture. Like, I didn't really see it. Right. right. Oh, I don't wow. remember shit. My brain won't allow me to recall any of it. That's crazy. Wow. Words. So, the music is definitely therapy. I just turned out Oakland 3. It's like, obviously, you know, Betty the Butcher, Crooked Eye, Royce, uh, amazing production, P-Rock. Um, it's a, it's a, one of another powerful album. Um, Opulence is the first track on the album. Right. And that just like, to me, is the table setter, obviously. Like, mm. But speaking of lacking a beat, it's like it's a it's amazing beat, simple beat, right. but it's not overpowering, and you really kind of highlight yourself on that. Why is this the kind of the table setter to the album? Um, to be honest, Harry Fraud picked that as the intro. 
He said, let this record set the mood. People are going to hear this and their socks are going to be knocked off and that's going to set the mood for the rest of the project. Because a lot of times when I make projects, I don't know how to um, always put it together hmm. to make the thoughts cohesive. I'm just making what I'm feeling. Right. But I, I might, sometimes I need help putting it in order. So when he said that and I sat with it, I was like, that is the mood of the project. So he brought that to my attention. So I got to give Harry Ford his props nice. for that. Yeah, he, he said, this sets the mood for the entire album. And I was like, wow. It struck me because I had a different record as an intro. So that wasn't the first record written. When Greenlander produced it, because Greenlander made that one. And he made Anonymous. He gave me Anonymous as intro for the album. So when all the songs are done, so in my mind, when I'm writing it, in my mind, I guess it's the intro. Because he's like, oh, this is the intro. But now when you listen to the music as a body of work, it's like, oh, nah, this shit is the intro. You know what I'm saying? So. But I gotta give Harry Ford his props on that. He point, he pointed that out. He's like, this is the intro, trust me. I was like, I'm really living what I be rapping about. Cause my kids gotta have a dad they can brag about. I you snitched and came back around. What's that about? I drag them out when the dragon out. One thing I, I really appreciate about the thing speaking about sequencing is that um, the first four songs, I mean, the first four songs are just you. Right. And then the fifth song is the one with, with Benny the Butcher, right? So uh, we're at a day and age, obviously, where like I could skip. It's not a cassette tape. It's easy to, you know, it's easy to skip whatever song I see. And, you know, right. you see someone you know. Griselda's obviously hot right now. So it's like you see that someone you know, you skip to that. Um, when you're approaching or sequencing an album, was that part of the thought of like, well, maybe I should put, like, you know, um, way up there or Benny up there just so people get into it? Or are you worried that at all that people might skip those first nah, words? No, not, not at all. Like, when I make projects, if you listen to a graph project, you're listening to it for the art of it. Right. You're not coming to skip shit. You're coming to listen. It's like if you go to the Versace store you know what you're going to buy if you're going right. to buy a Bentley you know what you're going to buy it doesn't need advertisement it doesn't need a good commercial you know what you're walking in there for anybody that, that I at least that I expect to press play on a graph project you're coming for what I'm selling right. which is culture mm. which is hip hop which is lyrics which is art it's still about the bars but it's about music that embodies what we want to hear culturally you know what I mean so um, I really put the music together to my best ability just based on feel oh wow nice I didn't even look at where the features were just what I'm saying what's being said and what it feels like like when I'm hearing the records I'm like okay this sounds like it goes behind this or I'm saying this and this attaches to this like right. that's really how I go about it but, but you're not writing are you writing in that order as well or you're kind of based music? on well based on feel yeah in that way um, no not in, not, in, not in terms of like Collectively putting it together When I write It's individual track I just do what the music says Whatever yeah. I feel I'm doing that Like for this project in particular It's crazy um, I wasn't planning on doing Oracle 3 I was doing a whole other project Called The Black Sheep And it was at a Griselda show Where Benny And somebody in the crowd Said yo do Oracle 3 And then I um, So you know what I'm gonna call Green Lantern right now Fuck it You wanna do Oracle 3 <laughs> Cause we haven't done The series the Oracle series, I was it wasn't even a thought in my head. Right. And Green said, "Fuck it, let's do it." So I said, "Well, so where you located now?" Because he was back in New York. That mm-hmm. he so he moved to Rochester. I oh, know he moved to Phoenix. Oh wow. I'm like, damn, I so I gotta fly to Phoenix. Yeah. So I go fly to Phoenix, 
And to get my mind back in that kind of gutter mindset, I went, I was with my director, Joe Dirk. We went and found the shittiest hotel available. In Phoenix. In Phoenix. Like, where are the, where are the fucking dope fiends and the hookers at? <laughs> We're going to stay here for a good two nights. I'm going to write this shit. And that's really what I did. I found the shittiest hotel and really put myself in a different mind space and started writing. Mm. Just, to get, yeah. just to get into that mind frame. So the music is like, it's like, in my opinion, it's like upscale street shit. Nice. It's like it's like high designer street hip hop. Was that the I, first time you ever wrote in Phoenix? Yeah, and I wrote that shit in like the whole that hotel was bad, <laughs> literally. Hookers and fucking dope fiends whose skin looked leather walking past. Jesus Christ! But I, I just needed that energy, and then I go into the studio and it's beautiful and it's opulent. It's like right. I needed the balance. Nice. Yeah, so I, I had to do that to my brain because I'm looking outside like. Oh, this shit look like Breaking Bad. <laughs> then play the beat. All right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, title. When you write, when you create titles for your, your for your tracks, uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you've been asked about this, but the track "Who Shot Ya." Uh, obviously, Biggie, same title. Right, right, so right. Is that for you? Is that a o to Biggie, just with title wise? Um, and how? I don't know if daring is the right word, but how maybe daring is it to create a song with the same exact title? It's like an old to Biggie. Definitely taking influence from. He's one of my influences. So, and it's New York, and that beat. Oh, Denon from uh, D12 did that beat. Shout out to him. He bodied that. And Hobson, Hobson killed this shit too. Yeah. But um, that's just the feel it gave me, man. It just reminded me of that era, that time, like the energy that Biggie came with. That's just it put my mind right there. So I said, I don't fight the energy, man. I go with it. When it, nice. it comes to music, I let it flow free. That's what came out. Like I didn't plan it, but I just came. Who shot you? Uh. I was rapping his whole verse to that beat. Like, you rap his whole verse to that beat and the chance retarded. <laughs> that's the energy I got. So I said, I'm going with this. Yeah. You show my vital signs of no survival. Now you gotta call my rival. So fuck what you wrote, nigga. I wrote the Bible. I put your soul in an open bottle and close the nozzle. My Glock plastic, I don't recycle. Who shot you? Just classic plus ratchet. 27 club jacket. Too much traffic. Uh, Stove Work is uh, obviously produced by the legendary Pete Rock. Um, Shout out to Pete. Pete. Well, one, you know, obviously, how did, how did that collaboration come together? But two, is there a track that he produced that you kind of, in a weird way, wish you were either you could spit on or you were like a fly in the wall? Pete Rock? Oh, so many, man. I know. I mean, yeah, obviously, so many, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I love Pete Rock, bro. I love Pete Rock, man. Um, I rapped on Reminisce. God, yeah. But uh, when I did 88 Crack Every Day, that's that's a, a fucking one that I was like, it's crazy. I rapped on that for my 88 Crack Every Day. So I did a couple doors with Pete. Yeah. yeah, but like for this album, still work. And then I did a project with uh, my man M. Floyd, and he I rapped on a uh, joint called Cole Outside. Oh, nice. That was another oh. crazy one. Pete Rock is like legendary, man. Like I'm, I feel honored to get the opportunity to work with producers that I look up to. Nice. And I make it a, 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 a thing to go holler and reach out and be like, yo, I got to come through. <laughs> Only, I haven't got up with DJ Premier yet, which is crazy. <laughs> but um, I need to, like, just for myself as a fan. Like, I need right. to, like, this is what I, I want to do. Like, I'm, I really give a fuck about the culture, about nice. the music. I care. I just do. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Word. So... P Rock, yeah, that was that's a good one. We're gonna shoot a video for that, man. Soon. You do something really, I wish I, I wish I really, really appreciate at the end, um, and I hope I don't mess up your line. But you go at the end of the track, you go uh, bust it open, let P Rock stitch it up, 
and then there's like 30, 40 seconds of just music. Beat, yeah. Was that purposeful? And why, like, why, as opposed to just spitting to the end, why let it breathe for that um, 30 to 40 seconds? Just the way it felt. It just felt like the right thing to do. Because, like, when, a lot of the times when I write, I write in my head. So, like, it's half written and half a part of it is, like, freestyle, and it's the feeling. Mm-hmm. And when I just do it, I'm just feeling the shit. Like whatever I'm feeling, it literally comes out. Yeah, that's it. Just the way it feels. When you work with producers, are you are you trying to work with them in studio together? I mean, or is it more like, you know, obviously we're in the day and age where you could just get an email and an MP3 and right. you spit on it and you send it back and stuff like that. What works best for you? I love to work with producers because if you're like a classic, real producer and you make music, when I come to the studio, I want to be the student. I want to be the passenger in the car. I don't need to do what I do by myself with you. That's a waste of having you your presence mm-hmm. if I'm in the studio with somebody like Pete Rock or Harry Fraud or Green Lantern I'm in the passenger seat like you, you drive the car I'm listening nice. I want to learn I want to soak it up because I learned, I learned early in my career all the greats got great by working with the greats right <laughs> that's a yeah. fact so it's like I'm a sponge man I'm here to soak it up and, and absorb what you have to offer so I love working with producers. Is there ever a weird like intimidation factor? I feel like if you meet your, you know, like meeting your heroes or meeting like you know legends, is there ever extra pressure you put on yourself to, I don't know, quote unquote, prove yourself? Um, or is, nah, I feel you know, like your body of work probably. You know what? I feel like art-wise, it's a mutual respect, which is like a beautiful thing for me to be respected by people that I look up to is like one of my greatest accomplishments. So when I meet them, I'm more like. Pardon me, more honored and inspired. Right. I'm not nervous. I'm like smiling and shit. I'm like, word, that's what's up. Like, I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? To be in their presence and to soak up with they, the jewels they drop. Mm. About music, about life, about experiences and stories and all this shit. All of that goes into the music to me. It's all energy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, it's more exciting for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good ass. I'm going to try not to butcher <laughs> your lyrics from the song Pray featuring Conway. Mm. But uh, you spit. Uh, you don't know what to do when I show no. you the blueprint. Y'all don't know what to do when I show you the blueprint. I ain't water it down because I didn't know you were stupid. You searching online for the truth that I throw in the music. I can show it and prove I don't got a poster to prove it. I, I know how to cock it, I know how to love it. I don't have a to prove it. Please break down. Fucking amazing lyrics right here. Good luck, And I had to like rewind. I don't even think you rewind anymore, but I, you know, back all the time. You just gotta break down these lyrics for us. Yeah, like it means it, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's self explanatory, but I do, I'm glad you said to break it down because there was a period in time where I felt some of my rhymes were too complex and going, mm-hmm. going on people's heads, and I'm like, who the fuck wants to be misunderstood all the time? So I felt I had to water it down or slow things down or do things to not compromise the, the integrity of the music, of course, but just to make it more palpable and easier to understand. And now I'm like, fuck that. Right. Catch up. Like, just catch up. I'm tired of breaking this shit. I'm tired of watering it down or simplifying it because you can't keep up with what I'm giving you. So I'm to the point in my career now, I'm just making art for those who give a fuck about art. I'm not appealing to a particular fan. I'm not trying to do shit. I'm just making what I like. And that's that. So when I say I didn't water it down because I didn't know he was stupid, it's like a... A small comment, but I'm dead ass. It's, right. it's, it's for the it's, it's for the listener who cares about this. Right. That's it. And then what's the next thing I, that's the next thing I said? I said um, uh, you're searching online that. for truth that I throw in. Yeah, you're searching online for the truth that I throw in the music. I could I could show it and prove. I don't have to post it to prove it. We live in a, this day and age, and everybody has to post. Yeah. <laughs> what they want or what they have to be val- to get validation from motherfuckers who don't even really care about you. Right, like right. I don't care about validation. I don't care about posting shit. Like, I use Instagram 
because it's a tool that allows me to brand myself and reach people. Right. If right I, if I chose a different way tomorrow, I'd use that. I don't give a fuck about a particular platform or any of this shit. I care about reaching the people. However, you allow me to do so is what I'm going to use. I don't give a fuck about that internet hype shit. Yeah. Like, no. No. Like, right. if you really are about it, really have it, and then about posts, likes, none of that shit is all irrelevant, man. It's all smoke and mirrors, man. I just want to reach the people, man. Right. That's it. When did that meant like when did you start having that mentality? I mean, obviously we're we're not twenty and you know, we're we're older and right. and you all I mean, you know, Royce for example is like you you or even Joel and Royce and Crook and Crook King Crooked, you you watching these guys grow up. I mean, you know, like That's because a fact. they're learning like, you know, when they're twenty they drink, you know, whatever. And when did that mentality start coming about? Like when did you when do you know like all right this is not no, i have to i have to like this is not a i'm like not a young man's game anymore right. you know this is i mean it's like trial and error literally the key word you said is growing up like i came in this game young as shit like 19 ignorant out out the hood not knowing anything in a in an era when it was about your crew and who's the toughest and fuck everybody else it's about me 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 and that was the mentality i had and it was straight raw straight out the hood and i made a lot of mistakes I learned a lot of the hard, I burned a lot of bridges that I grew up and fixed. Mm-hmm. Apologized to certain people, like that I was like Wyclef, for instance. I dissed them in a rap for no fucking reason <laughs> when I was just young and on my bullshit. And then I grew up and I was in the same room with him in the studio session that his man brought me to, to his session. <laughs> and I was mad awkward, like, damn, I'm standing here with Wyclef with this dope ass opportunity. And I didn't say some bullshit about him. <laughs> I said, let me be the adult, the bigger person. Walk up to him and shake his hand and say, yo, my bad, man. Right. I was young and stupid. And I apologize. He's like, nah, we all went through it, man. <laughs> and I'm sure he appreciated it, too, because it's like it shows growth. It's like, I'm not going to stand here in your session and ice grow you and be an asshole. Right, right. <laughs> but the young me probably would have if I laugh at some stupid <laughs> shit. So it's like you grow up and you literally are watching artists grow up in this shit. I was 19. I didn't know fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? So... I think it's just about being mature and and, 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 and growing up right. musically and as a man, figuring out who you want to be and, and what matters. You know what I'm saying? I think in the last the last track, guilty, you kind of you laid all out on the table. You I was kinda, the first time through. I ever told my story. I mean, yeah, like it's like no point of like doing a A and E special on you like that. <laughs> just to play that spot and get to go. Why? Why are you? Well, one, why is that the last track me out? But why? Like. Why let it out now? Like, why Why tell the story now? I was never actually good at telling my own story. Like, my friends tell it way better than me. And that came about because for years, they were like, you need to tell your story, you need to tell your story. And I just never felt I knew how to tell it accurately. And I was on tour with Royce of 5'9", right? And we had a driver. He was doing most of the driving. He got tired one night. Everybody was tired. That beat was playing. I said, fuck it, I'll drive. Everybody in the car sleeping. I'm just on this fucking lonely ass road driving straight for God knows how many miles. Probably like fucking three or four like hours of just straight road. And the, sh- the story just started spilling. It just started coming. Because I mean, I'm, it's like I was alone in the middle of nowhere. That's what it felt like. Wow, yeah. Just me and my headlights. And the, the story just started coming, man. It was just passion and, 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 and emotion. That was, that was raw emotion. Like if you notice in the second verse, I said, I said, um, um, you realize it's not a song anymore because I'm really just spilling emotion. Uh-huh. So hopefully nobody whose names are mentioned in that song gets offended. Those are my those are my real feelings and real occurrences. Those are all real fucking stories. Uh-huh. So they're not. It's not oh, any clout shit. It's yeah. like that's dead ass my story, and I'm just. It's like a conversation. 
I'm just talking. Right. But it's dead ass all emotion. Like I wrote that shit on a highway in the middle of nowhere in deep thought. I put I could have probably fucking missed my exit by miles. <laughs> and I was gone just writing that shit. It just the whole song was just flowing. I couldn't even stop it. That's a, that's a word. Wow. So, yeah, it's a great track to end with and it's uh and it kinda it, it kinda epitomizes the how great the album is, you know, all together. It kinda brings it all together. Um Graph Oracle three, thank you so much man for being in the library to mine ago. I really appreciate this. Right. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. That's dope. I'm a diamond in the roof. I just need a little polish. Normally, was blocking my progress. But I told my mama, I promise. I said, I'm going to retire you. It'll be all good again. It'll be all good again. It could have been when she lost faith in me. When I lost the house that I put her in, my mama this Sleeping on the floor, my mama sleeping on the floor. Can't get what she needed from the star. The kids are eating more than we could afford. It with me, what you see is the star. But I'm in the street with the raw. Ain't nobody putting me on the top. I became a guy that in the street could ignore this. Cause I be surrounded by real ones that they was afraid of. They ain't wanna get stuck with me. So I kept hearing that I'm blackball. And the industry niggas ain't fuck with me. But what you see is just a G that stay sucker free. But they ain't anybody cup of tea. You sold your soul. What's the fee? It look like a fucking paste up to me And the DJs in my city don't support But I'm respected by all of my peers I guess I lost in my work and my real friends I ain't calling me yes I don't spend enough time with my son When I leave, I be leaving my daughter in tears And my mama's still working She stands so she cannot walk up the stairs And I'm still fighting to be heard I love that music, hate the business of it Slim and 50 has some type of issue When my name got caught up in the middle of it I wasn't in the music business yet That was Way, way before me Two grown men business Till this day, I don't know the whole story I ain't never ask about it, I'm dead ass about it I ask y'all why I gotta be like that I just made music for the people But I don't fuck with the industry like that Cause I got so much talent in y'all front Like y'all ain't feeling me like that Well I can't be beat like that I fall down and land on my feet like that That's real Guilty by association. Guilty by association. Guilty by All I have is two choices Either go to hell or get in prison I elevated different Build my dream and pull the elevator in it Mama looking in my eyes She said that she could tell the way I'm living I was selling weight and fishing Lying like I'm working Getting paid commission Now I had to go get it Had to go get it myself This game is blood, sweat, God's blessing Plus the cash to invest in yourself Then I got to deal with Sony I thought I'd get in the best of myself I gave them the autograph album That shit got left on the shelf Then I signed a deal with Rockefeller I swear to God I thought we stepped in the well Damn dad signed Kanye West and myself But I still got left with the hill Just another wound that started bleeding Before we got cold as shit we started leaving Cause before the ink dried on that deal Jay-Z and Dame started beefing Now again I get caught in the middle 
ain't nothing left to say. When they split, Kanye left with Jay. Out of loyalty, I left with Dane. Then I signed a deal with Def Jam, thinking all the stress was getting swept away. But then Jay-Z became president, but Jay-Z and Dame beef was left the same. Now, that deal fell apart. That deal fell apart. It was out of my hands. I was back to the block hard. I was back to the cop cars. Not in my plan. Now I gotta take a stand. Got two kids. I gotta be a man. Gotta be the fam. Then I made Brady Goons out hard. I gotta be the champ. I had the radio on fire. I'm like, hard. You gotta read the scams. With all these spins, the Evo didn't add it. A PD said this gotta be a scam. Something's fishy. Somebody gotta be blocking you. Somebody gotta be stopping you. Somebody dropping new obstacles. Somebody knocking you. Huh? Somebody lied to you. Let a man chase went separate ways. We don't even bond no more. K Slade put me on, he don't play my songs no more. I lost a couple real friends, we don't get along no more. The weight of the roll up my shoulders, I don't want it on no more. I don't know what to feel, I don't know what's right or wrong no more. You got any type of heart, you know it's not a song no more. All I wanted was the love, all I wanted was the love, all I wanted was the love. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.